the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench. An old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole is leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans With Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams And it almost fell at the Alamo Beside the Texas flag, but she waved on low She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam And now they've about quit waving back here at home In her own good land here she's been abused She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused And the government for which she stands Is scandalized throughout the land And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin But she's in good shape for the shape she's in She's been through the fire before And I believe she can take a whole lot more So we raise her up every morning We take her down every night We don't let her touch the ground And we fold her up right On second thought I do like to brag Cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag all right, Johnny Cash getting this underway this morning because today is Flag Day, and uh, good good words to remember that uh, that Cash performed uh, back. In, I think that was in the seventies that he cut that. It was very well done, and people loved it then. I still think they love it now. That's why I played it today. Yeah, good song. All right. Simone's here. How you doing? Hey, I'm living that dream. You're living the dream. That's exactly right. Or trying to, at least. It's getting harder and harder with $5 gas and all the inflation. I'm kind of interested to see what the uh, 
the CPI was 8.6. Let's see what the uh, PPI is going to be. That's going to be it because that's what producers are paying. I'm hearing it's going to be over 11%. And if it is, that is not good. It just means expect more high prices down the road. Uh, Lori Justice is joining us as well. That's that other wonderful lady that you see sitting here in my <laughs> studio. She's running for uh, Justice of the Peace, 3rd District. She got through the, uh, uh, the primary. She is carrying the uh, Arkansas banner now into the general that had come up in course in november so right. you know we we may touch a little bit on some politics as we go through today but uh, i really brought Lori in because she's doing something else she's been teaching people how to be poll workers and uh, she was on the polls during the uh, last election so let me just start with you Lori, and, and have you tell our listeners uh, did you see anything weird during the time that the election was going on we did see some things. Uh, some things were training issues um, that need to be addressed, I think, with the workers. With, because I'm training poll watchers. Okay. So the poll workers are trained by the county. Okay. So um, there were some issues, some polling judges that didn't know um, what they were supposed to do. There were some issues where, uh, you know, when you've changed addresses, they're supposed to have you fill out a vote, new voter registration and update your address then give you a ballot and have you go vote uh, there were some places that weren't doing that um, so what were they doing just let, giving them a letting, ballot yes they were giving them a ballot letting them vote and then in one case where i was uh then they handed them a voter registration and told them to mail it back in <laughs> Uh, right. I had a, another one that called, and uh, she she had been a poll watcher during early voting, and several of them became poll workers on election day and were working a certain precinct. And she notified the polling judge, you're not supposed to do it like this. The person was reprimanded and continued to do it that way. Um, she was told not to do it right, that way and right. then just decided, well, I'll just right. do it that way no matter what. Okay. Yeah, and I think a lot of it came down to there were some people who were kind of aggravated. We've really never had poll watchers out before. Um, and I think this was fairly new. And I think there were some people who didn't like having them there. <laughs> right, you know, they rattled. Not that they were necessarily doing anything wrong. It was just no one likes being watched. No oh, one likes okay. someone hanging over your shoulder and watch what you're doing. But anyway, so there were some training things like that. Um, I got a call election day about Phillips County. They were telling people that there was no Republican ballot. What? They were saying there's that you can vote Democrat. Or you can vote nonpartisan. And the reason they were doing that is because over in Phillips County, there's a lot of Democrats. It's a Democratic area. Yeah. And um, all of the local candidates were Democrats. So there wasn't a, a Republican local ballot. But you could vote a Republican ballot and vote the gubernatorial race. Well, yeah, you got, so. you got statewide races. Right. That so that was for. corrected. Um, there, were, uh, there was a situation in Little Rock where a poll watcher caught. Uh, there was a lady with two voter registrations. Um, she you know, was not up to anything nefarious or anything. You know, she wasn't trying to double vote. Um, but... Uh, that's not good to have two voter no. IDs. You need one per person. And we had another one that was watching, and a lady had voted um, in the early voting and then came in and wanted to vote again. 
Oh. Um, they did turn her away. But, I mean, you, you oh, just she came have in. Things. So she voted early, and then yeah. she came in on the day. On election day, right. And I thought she'd be able to. Again. Right. Okay. Uh, and and they, they stopped her from doing well, that. Well, good. But, and that, that's a good one. So that's good. They made right. the right decision. They said, no, right. ma'am, you just get to vote once. Right. And and there were, you know, <laughs> there were a lot of really good people. And I think for for a majority of the poll workers, they were doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Most of them. You okay. Know. Um, most of them, I think, were um, were doing the best they could. Um, and I think, I think they were... For the most part, they were doing well. It was just certain situations that you know uh, we had issues with. So, but that you know, you understand that's that's statewide. You know, we had calls coming in statewide about the machines and and uh, all kinds of stuff. But the the uh, Arkansas Election Commission did send out people to check machines when they got um, when they got reports. They they handled everything very well. I think they did a very very good job. Okay, so you would say that the integrity of the election was upheld um well i don't know that i would say that but uh, i mean i i don't know um obviously i don't know the inner workings of the machines and all of that kind of thing i have no idea but i would say that i think the workers um did well i think they for the most part did a good job and um, well, whoever that lady was, or or gentleman who was told to do it a different way and would not do it a different way, yes, they need to be let go. Right, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, they need to be following the law. And see, here's the problem: is that we had most of our poll watchers were here in Pulaski County, and we had them out. Um, there were other counties that got the training and and went out. But for example, in Phillips County, you know, if we'd have had people working over there. That could have been stopped a lot earlier. We didn't really get to that until lunchtime. So how long did it take to correct it? I mean, well, I called about lunchtime. I called and um, talked to the Arkansas Election Commission, and they they called over there and got it fixed. But you know, people had been voting for what four hours or so by then. So that's what I'm saying. If we'd have had people in the polls, that could have been stopped immediately, like first thing in the morning. So, but I think overall, um, it, the election ran well. Um, you know, you expect problems, and especially the first time that people go out, um, first time you have people watching things. Right. So, um, it was good. I think it was a good thing. But and, nobody walked in with a box of ballots, and I found these <laughs> no, in my bathroom. <laughs> no, but you know, they did lose one of the um, sticks out of the machines in one county. Oh, no. One goes. They found it in the oh. women's bathroom. So the, the bathroom heck? strikes again. Yeah. That's right. And, and it's not the pipes, it's uh, something else. Yeah. And then we had Jody Harris's election up in northwest Arkansas. You guys probably heard about that, where they, um, the, um, and we didn't have poll watchers up there, but um, her election, I think she lost by six votes and uh-huh. asked for a recount. And come to find out, the ballots, the absentee ballots were being kept in a election commissioner's home he had to go back and get them and there's some relationship between he and the opposing candidates and so they were going to fight the certification in that county of the election until this got straightened out so she and her attorney um, they were told the election would be certified at 1 30 encouraged the public to come 
So they showed up at 120. The county commissioners had certified the election at 1 o'clock. It was already done. So that's why when you're asking me about the voter integrity and all that kind okay, of stuff, Okay, so now let me just issue. ask, has the Secretary of State gotten involved in that? I don't know if they have or not. That was just like last week. Um, so yeah, I'll make a call today. Yeah, I would because we still have things going on, um, obviously. Um, so, and like I said, this is the first time we've really had people out. So it's been real eye-opening, I think, for a lot yeah. of people. And it's been a good thing. So, that's good yeah and it's good that it happened during the primary and not during the general right right just, just saying right and not to say either one is more important than the other but wow well, right <laughs> and i just wiped out what i just said <laughs> when i said but the general election put somebody into a position uh at, at that point so well, we'll have to find out i definitely want to know more about that it's on, what county it, it, was that it was I don't remember the county. It's on Facebook. I mean, her attorney is Clint Lancaster, and he went with her to the to the um, the where the election commission is located and to certify it. And they put a video up on Facebook. Go, go to Jody Harris's Facebook page, and you can see it. Are they doing a recount, or they went ahead? And I think certified? they certified. No, they went ahead and certified wow. it. So With six votes. And ballots held at an election commissioner. Yeah, that's, that's questionable to say it, the least. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's more than questionable. Yeah. All right, so um, I'll jump on, see if we can find a contact for Jody Harris. Maybe if we send her something, maybe we or we can send them something because I'm not sure Jody can be a male or a female. Is that a female? It's a female. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll give her a call and uh, see if we can't get her on to talk about this a little bit. I'd like to hear a little bit more about that, to say the least. And then I'll send a direct uh, text out to uh, our Secretary of State and see what he has to say about it. So we'll find out. Keep us updated. It's 619. Well, the only way way you're going to know what goes on with this stuff and make sure it... uh, it's fair and that it's it's true and that it is as we were trying to do it has some integrity behind it is the question 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 all right until you get answers all right we'll be back with more we've got Lori justice here we got simone here Lori's running for jp third district uh she's won her primary battle she will be on the uh the the ballot come november for the republican party let's get a quick break here and then we'll come back and do more uh we had pat davis on last week spoke with him uh for an hour talking about how he does health insurance over how, how a lot of other people do health insurance and he likes to ask you this question have you ever gotten a check from uh you know your doctor have you ever gotten a check from your insurance company have you ever gotten a check from uh the hospital uh do you find that you spend more money sending checks out uh to people than getting money back from people and uh, Pat says that's not necessarily the best thing in the world is you got all these big uh, deductibles and you're end up, you know, you got health insurance and you're paying for the health insurance, but the health insurance never pays anything because you got to reach your deductible first. That's just seems ridiculous to me that you want to have health insurance, but you got a deductible so loud, you know, big that you can't even use your health insurance. 
So talk to Pat. Let him work with you to bust those deductibles, to get rid of the co-pays. Uh, doesn't matter who you have your uh, uh, insurance with, the provider. Uh, they can work you into this system where you're going to save 30 to 50% on your health insurance. But you got to call him. Give him a call. Talk to him. 501-605-6935 or Go online to Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you on the That was fast. I just got off the phone with Jody Harris. I left a message for her. Ask her to give me a call. We'll see if she'll get it in before we get to the point uh, that we're out of the show. Hopefully she'll get up this morning and hear my message but i didn't leave her what i've been trying to find tanya's phone number because i can't use messenger because of facebook i've got her um i've i can text her or text me her number her yeah or yeah uh, just so i have it yeah because i did have it but it's lost in a million texts all right. Well, anyway, I let uh, I left a message for Jody. We'll see if she calls back. Tanya call, uh, sent me a text and let me know what her phone number was. So I called Jody up, and uh, she didn't answer, but her answering machine or her phone did. So I left that, and I will also hear when I get a moment while uh, we have news at the bottom of the hour. I'll uh, send a text straight on to uh, – uh, John Thurston and see what's going on where they're at and is that is that uh, you know can they really you know uh, certify an election when they gave the wrong time for the certification and uh, there's some other questionable activities going on with yeah. the whole thing about you know absentee ballots showing up in you know somebody's bathroom with a six vote margin no, no yeah. it was the stick they oh, lo- the they, stick. they lost it out of the machine one okay. of the voting machines and then they found it in the bathroom okay. later on that was another county i don't okay what but county uh, this was. one was uh, absentee yes ballot. he yeah. was keeping them in his home i think that's against the law i mean i don't know i don't know why that's that not would too secure no it's not. Uh, no yeah. <laughs> no i think that that's true and when you got an election that somebody has declared the winner by six votes Every vote counts. It sure does. I mean, every vote really, really counts in that. So we'll we'll, we'll be digging to get to the bottom of this one, yeah. find out exactly how it worked and what they're doing to make sure that this does not happen again. Yeah, it shouldn't. There should be recourse to be able to fix it uh, now. Well, if there's any change. But, but what you want to know is that, you know, maybe maybe the person who won won. Right. right. That's but possible. you want to know that for but sure. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. You know? I think you can, can't you, don't you have 20 days or something um, to to sue or to go to court or well, file I have no a lawsuit? Idea. I think that's you That's a do. question for John Thurston. Yeah, and I wonder how much it would cost because a lot of times you have to pay for a recount. Yeah, but, you know, there are a lot of people who might would take that on yeah. because of the you know the circumstances surrounding yeah, the circumstances that. are shady yeah All right. they are. so we'll, we'll just let you know we're we're trying to get the people on that would have the yeah you know the answers that we're looking for here right. and the information that we need and 
where is this right now and you know what's going to happen with it because right now we just don't know so mm-hmm. but that's why you listen to this show you know that yeah, we'll get to the bottom out. of it we've we've done that many times uh, when deals with elections and things so something to talk about something to know about so this deals with uh, jody harris who is running uh, is she in the, the she must be in the republican primary is that yes, right okay she, she is all right clint lancaster is her lawyer he he was her lawyer i w- I don't know if he still is or not, but he he went up there with her to um, challenge the certification. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, like I said, I'll get a hold of the uh, the Secretary of State's office. Or bottom line, I'll get a hold of the Secretary yeah. of State. I got mm-hmm. his personal phone number, so we'll we'll call him and see if he wants to uh, to join us, or maybe he'll say, "Well, what you need is talk to this person because they're the ones that are dealing with it, mm-hmm. and he'll give me a number, and we'll call him and try to get him on." So I'll do all that at the bottom of the uh, the hour. And there is a video. Done. There is a video on. Uh, I think it's Jody's Facebook page of the when they went to certify and were told by the election commissioner we've already certified. So you, you can go watch that yourself. Somebody wow. was recording when they did all of that. <laughs> all right. So. so we're digging. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get deep enough to get all the answers, but we're trying. Here's the news. Let's get caught up on it. All right, back with you, and uh, I made my, I texted to uh, the Secretary of State, and uh, we'll see if we, if he's able to get a hold of us. Uh, It depends on if he's awake right now. Right. I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that he's awake, I would think, at least. And uh, he gets a hold of us, and we'll try to get him on the air and uh, talk to him about this happened up in Crawford County, just so you know, and keep you up to date on you know, this is election integrity. You want to keep that stuff going mm-hmm. correctly, and we want to give the uh, the Secretary of State a chance to talk about this. We've left a message for Jody Harris. We'll see if she gives me a call back as well. She does. If, if, if she calls during this hour, I get her on now. If she doesn't, then I'll set her up for a, a future time, maybe next Tuesday. Yeah, and if you it's know. the right outcome, it's the right outcome, but yeah. you want to know. Yeah, we want to know right. what's exactly going on. I'd like to know why she was told to be there at one thirty uh, to do the, re- the certification and got there and they'd already done it. Right. That's kind of a, uh, interesting. And uh, evidently there's a piece of video out dealing with that. So I have not seen that, just so everybody knows. I haven't seen it. Uh, and I'll take a look at it when it comes in. I can't right now. I'm on the air. <laughs> uh, that's not uh, that feasible for me to do it right now uh we're getting some people asking where we are on facebook the reason we're not on facebook right now uh if you (laughs) listen on facebook you're not going to hear this explanation anyway but i played johnny cash's ragged old flag and uh you know facebook uh will cut that kind of stuff off uh saying because i'm not supposed to play it over facebook However, since we are a radio station and we pay ASCAP and BMI, we can play that stuff. Yeah. So it's not like we're doing anything illegal. It's just that Facebook at time had a bunch of DAs running around and, and don't know what they're doing. Just <laughs> just the way it, it, it works out. Heidi is talking to them and saying, hey, look. <laughs> we're, a, we're a radio station. Yeah, you, know, you pay money for it. They're, they're, they're going to turn it back on. I just don't know when. 
Yeah, it'll be after yeah. the show's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after this hour, probably. Yeah. But uh, it'll get turned on. So just know, might, yeah, might miss the Bible, guys, today, too, <laughs> on, the, on the Internet. Pass it on to your friends. You can talk to them on the Internet. I just can't right now. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like... Us, it's kind of like being Facebook jail, but not Facebook jail. <laughs> you know, they put me in there because not supposed to play oh, a you get full out. song. <laughs> not supposed to play a full piece of audio like that. But I do it all the time. So, and then Heidi has to deal with contest. those people at the other end. Yeah, contest it. So anyway, uh, again, here in the studio, Lori Justice is here. She's running for JP Third District, but. The main reason I have her on today is because she uh, is uh, trying to, uh, you know, keep us up to date on what's going on with elections. She's been teaching people how to be, you know, poll watchers. Now, that mean, doesn't mean you run the election. It means you watch them run the election and make sure that they're doing it correctly. And as we have heard from her, uh, there's a few stories of people who did things that they shouldn't have done the one that concerns me the most is the person who was told don't do it that way and said well i'm going to do it my way Mm -hmm. Uh, that person needs to be replaced right you know and and that's up to whichever county she falls under Mm -hmm. Uh, the election commission got to take care of her so or him i don't know if it's (laughs) her or him or whatever just know that you know if you're not going to do it the way you're supposed to be doing it, you shouldn't be sitting in there right. trying to no. you know, say, well, I think it should go this way. Well, right. that's not the way it works. Right. There are laws. There yeah. are rules. you got to follow them. It's a legal like process. Not. That's exactly right. And they're given a book, a training book, when they're trained. So they have the information. You know, it's just up to them to follow it. Okay. So anyway. She probably wasn't used to being supervised right. or watched at all. Right. That threw a whole new wrench into things. Her authority. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way it always works. The way it always does. Let's go ahead and get our, our break here. Uh, uh, call's coming in. Let's see if that maybe is Jody Harris or it's neither one. Okay, so I'm being told by uh, Heidi it's not. She's shaking her head. No, it's not who you're hoping it is. <laughs> All right, so I'll go ahead and, and get the break in here, and then we'll continue with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Uh, PI Roofing is, is there to help you uh, keep your roof in tip-top shape. Uh, Joel and his uh, wife, Veronica, own this, uh, this, the business, and they do a good job of, of, of it. Uh, talk about integrity you'll find integrity at pi roofing i've had my home for 18 years up in cabot and the only roofing company who has ever been on my roof is pi roofing and they do a fantastic uh job all right so we'll get a break in here and then we got more i got jody harris calling me right now so we'll see what she has to say be back in a moment on the dave ellswick show all right back with you we'll talk to uh uh to Jody Harris in just a moment up in Crawford County about uh, the election that went down and some of the questions that are swirling around it. And uh, I haven't heard anything from the Secretary of State yet. Hopefully we'll hear something from him before the end of the uh, of the hour. Don't forget about uh, Billy Mack and ICU Protection. I just got uh, them about uh, six weeks ago. And they do a great job of uh, securing your home. 
I got uh, the uh, door and window sensors on every door and every window I have in the house. I also have two cameras now at my house as well. Where are they? Well, guess. All right. If you try to break into my house, maybe you, know, you find out you're on candy camera. Yes. Uh, just know that Billy Mac charges you for the service, but you don't pay for any of the equipment that he puts into your house to give you the security system that you have. That all belongs uh, to you. Uh, it's a reasonable, reasonable rate. And all you have to do is call 501-205-1333 is the number. 501-205-1333. That's Billy Mack, name of the business again, ICU uh, Protection. All right, let's go to the phone, and uh, let's talk to Jody Harris. Jody, how are you? I just heard about this story today. Uh, bring us up to date on where we're at on this election. You lost by, what, six votes? Is that it, is that correct? So by the time we went through three different county recounts, I was down by seven ballots. Um, there were some provisionals that came into account later on when they were going through canvassing. Okay. Now, so the, go ahead. District, District 25, I actually live in Washington County, but District 25 is made up of Southern Washington County, part of Crawford County, and then a little bit of Franklin County. So there were three recounts involved in this election. Good gosh. Jeez. Confusing. All right. Now, the, the confusion on this is I'm, I'm hearing that there were some ballots, evidently some uh, ballots that uh, they needed to count. And when they were going to count them, somebody had taken them home with them. Is that correct? Well, the full story on that is I had a poll watcher down in Crawford County because I had heard from other former candidates that sometimes on election night there are problems. And during election night, my poll watcher witnessed um, a lot of sloppiness in the ballot room. A lot, they were moving election commission offices, and so there was a lot of going back and forth. Um, one of the problems that night was that they didn't count the absentee ballots until the end of the evening. Well, per election law, all of those absentee ballots should be counted and accounted for before the close of the polls. If anything nefarious is going to happen with an election, it's going to happen with those paper ballots. And during that evening, there were several that had to be remade, and um, they didn't follow the, the appropriate protocols where two people make sure that the voter intent is accounted for to make sure that that new ballot goes through the machine. They weren't stamped properly. There were just a lot of sloppy things that happened. And then you fast forward to it's a very close election, I'm, I lose by six votes, so I just wanted to make sure and, and recount it. So when we went to the first recount on the Saturday after Election Day in Crawford County, the election commissioner, Bill Coleman, went through the process of what was going to happen that day. And he asked if anyone had questions, and I asked if I could see the original absentee ballot um, because I knew that there were some problems with that that evening on election night, and he said that they weren't there. And so I asked him, I said, well, where are they? And he said, well, they're at my house. So the election commissioner broke the chain of custody with those original absentee ballots and took them to his home. So I called the secretary of state's office. I had some help that day because it was a holiday weekend. So we had to get a hold of somebody. They, they told them that they needed to stop the recount. And so then the following Wednesday, 
Someone from the Board of Election Commissions and the Secretary of State's office both came to, you know, to, to witness the, the recount. And when we got to the part where we were going to recount those original absentee ballots, they were never, the remade ballots were never marked canceled. Uh, or the remade ballots were never marked duplicate and the, the original ballots were never marked canceled. So there was no way to identify and recreate election night in, during that recount because they didn't they didn't follow appropriate procedures. And Bill Coleman was visibly nervous that day when he opened up that box. And you know we said we're just going to continue to pursue it. They, um, I think it was the last. What day was the? What what day was did they certify it? The day that they certified the election in Crawford County, we went down there to voice our concerns about the election being certified. And my attorney had called the county clerk's office and we were told the meeting was at 1.30. And when we got there, along with several supporters, probably about 50 people, they were told, they, we were told that they certified the election at one o'clock that day. And there was no public notice of that meeting, no published public notice. So there was a lot of things that, that went awry during that process. Okay. so. What has the Secretary of State's office said about all of this? I mean, we're talking some major gaffes here in in this election. I have not been in contact with them directly. I've done all of that through uh, my attorney, Clint Lancaster. And um, we did file a complaint uh, about the Election Commission in Crawford County with the State Board of Election Commission. I'm being told that that may take six months to sort itself out. Um, but yesterday, um, I filed an election con- contest complaint in Franklin County against the commission and my opponent. Okay. And uh, how long will this take? Are they giving you any time reference on that? We're very hopeful that this will be resolved in 45 days. Okay. I think that... That the reason, you know, the reason that I have continued to pursue this, Dave, is because election integrity matters, and yeah. every single one of these people in Crawford County deserve to know that their voice counted and that their voice right. was heard. Um, this House District race, this doesn't just affect Crawford County; it affects the voters of Washington County, it affects the voters of Franklin County. And honestly, you know, it, it throws a lot of shade on the state of Arkansas for election integrity. I will say, after witnessing three different county recounts, Washington County is a gold star on how elections should be run and the checks and balances to know that everything was fair and numbers were correct. And um, we just need to work harder to duplicate that across the state so that we have election integrity and we know that we can count on the fairness of our elections. Okay, I got to ask this question and see what uh, what the answer is to it. I'm hearing that Bill Coleman uh, has uh, some kind of uh, relationship with your challenger. Is that true? So the sitting representative for this House district is Bruce Coleman. He it, that was District 81's position, and I had had announced that I was going to run and challenge him in a primary before he decided not to run. When Bruce decided not to run, he recruited my opponent. And Bruce is Bill Coleman's brother. And then Mike Moxley, who's also on the election commission, is Bruce's son-in-law. Okay. 
All right, so there's a lot of questions here. I let you know I've got I've got a text in to the Secretary of State trying to get him to come on the show and talk about this as well and uh, and get some information out of him. But if anything new arises, you have a, a phone number now that you can call. Uh, you got my direct number. Feel free to give me a call at any time. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you much, Jody. We appreciate your time here on the Dave Ellswick Show today. Thanks so much. All right. So anyway, that's uh, that's the, the basis of what's going on. There's a lot of questions there. Yes, and yeah. I think this shows why we need poll watchers. She remem- she she talked about having a poll yeah, watcher. Yeah, and they're there, the ones that brought this to her attention. Yes, and you can, as a poll watcher, you can be an absentee. We had a group of people here in Pulaski. We were watching the absentee ballots be opened. And when they, she's talking about remaking mm-hmm. a ballot, you can watch them do that. And they are supposed to have two people doing that. Um, so as a poll watcher, you've access to pretty much every part of the process. So that's why it's really important for people to do that and get out there and watch what's going on. Okay, so why are they remaking ballots? I mean, that's, a, that's <laughs> well, my question. Uh, it could be a situation where they tried to feed it in the machine and tore it up uh-huh. or whatever. So you're supposed to have two people, um, ideally at a table in absentee, you have one Democrat, one Republican, just to be fair. Right. And they will take that ballot and one person will fill it out while the other one calls out how they voted then they both look at the ballot and inspect it to make sure it's been been filled out properly and then they turn it in but they're supposed to um supposed to void that the original ballot okay it sounds like for whatever reason they didn't do that just from what she just described but yeah because you don't know which ballot is right. true then. yeah right and you don't know and if the, no one watched that process you know that just i don't know it just sounds fishy but there's no way of recreating that either right and you can't tie it to a certain ter- you can't tie the ballots together no now let, let's you know be honest here i we don't know if something fishy went on right the problem is is the optics of it the optics is that hmm why is it going this way it's a bit twisted yeah this is why i want to get the secretary of state on Mm -hmm. because i'm sure he's talking to his people on the ground right because he evidently sent somebody up there and they stopped the recount and then they restarted it and then there's questions about which ballot is the real ballot and which ballot is the right. uh, you know just one that they put together i mean there's there's some big questions there yeah. as well as bill coleman's the brother of the guy who used to hold <laughs> the office and uh now this uh, recruited he went out and recruited this person mm-hmm. that was running against harris and there's just some questions well, certification i think that you are supposed to um publish in the paper or wherever it's supposed to be published yeah so people know so people know because it is an open process to the public they can come watch that so if you didn't publish the time or you published the incorrect time and did it at another time when no one was there that's another question why would you do that all right so there may be somebody listening saying dave mountain out of a molehill all right no no Mm -hmm, no. this is not a mountain out of a molehill this is this is what we're talking about. Do you want to have an election that you know that everybody's vote is being honestly tabulated 
or do you want to have it the way it used to be here in this state and a lot of other states? Look, I come from an area where you voted early and you voted often, all right? I'm <laughs> right outside of Chicago. And, you know, my dad is still voting Democrat uh, there. He never voted Democrat in his life, and now he's voting Democrat all the time, I'm sure. But the bottom line is is that you just – you got to make sure this stuff gets done right, and whenever there's something like this that happens, we got to shine light on it, right. and we got to make sure that we uh, get it correct. Sounds Absolutely like correct. Some of the school board shenanigans that Missy was dealing with, yeah. with, uh, with them telling her one time or what time when they were going to do something and then do it at a different time i mean mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of this that goes on and without poll watchers none of it ever gets the light of day now let me uh, let me ask you a question Lori justice is our guest uh, here with simone and i is would it be to the benefit of a candidate to get himself some people as his personal poll watchers and make sure they're over there to watch right yeah absolutely because when you're watching now you have we had to watch for a, a candidate this time because the republican party would not have poll watchers for the primary okay so we had to watch for candidates and yes because you're not just watching for one candidate necessarily you're watching for anything that doesn't look right and it may benefit one candidate or another you know it, it, you're just looking for integrity in the election yeah. in the process so it's definitely if you're a candidate you need poll watchers out there for you all right can you make it back here next tuesday sure all right we get Lori back here tuesday i'm going to see if the secretary of state won't join us next tuesday okay and we'll see if we can't get jody harris to join us next tuesday yeah. and we'll get simone on here next tuesday and we'll get this thing straightened out <laughs> Yeah. All right? Yeah. Or at least we'll get some answers. We may not like them, but yeah. we'll get some answers. But at least you know the truth. Yeah. And remem- remind people we got a runoff election right now. Yeah. Early vote- voting starts today. And we've got District 1, uh, JP. We've got Rebecca Davis, who's the conservative candidate. Right. Uh, the I'm other lady Rebecca. is being backed by a you know, liberal professor. So y'all get out and vote. Yeah. Make your voice heard. And if you can vote Chris Carnahan, I personally would count it as a nice uh, thing yeah. if you would vote for Chris Carnahan. I like Carnahan. him, too. Keep that in mind. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Bible Guys are next on the Dave Ellswick Show. show this is when we bring the bible guys on and you get to ask questions of them and and uh you know question them about what you're seeing and what you're uh, what you're dealing with in your personal walk uh, christian walk uh and your spiritual walk uh, it gives you an opportunity to, to ask any question that you have uh dealing with uh, christianity and we give you that opportunity here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and glad that you're with us today. If uh, you're you're sitting there and you're you're going, but Dave, I can only hear you on the radio today. That's my fault. Okay, uh, Facebook has 
has told me I was naughty, and they slapped my wrist oh, because Joe. because yeah. today's Flag Day. Oh right! So with it being Flag Day, I played Johnny Cash and Ragged Old Flag. That's a great, and I loved that yeah. piece that he did. And uh, we played it, and uh, Facebook says, no, you can't do that. And But we can. We're a radio station, and we pay the necessary money to be able to play music uh-huh. on the air. So uh, Heidi has let them know, and we'll see what happens. I'm not expecting that Facebook will be on again today. Probably start back up tomorrow. And don't forget about tomorrow, because I got, uh, hey, in the 635, I got Grover Norquist. Uh, for Americans Against Taxation. We're going to have him on. He's a great guest. And we're going to talk to him about inflation and all the other things that are going on. Then we got Hill. We got Westerman. Westerman, by the way, hey, you're going to like this, Heidi. He just notified me that Gonzalez is going to join him, the Texas uh, congressman that he talked about last week on the show. And I asked him if we could get him on, and we're going to. He's going to talk about the border down there. So that's going to be a, a very eye-opening experience. And then uh, the last hour tomorrow, uh, Doyle Webb going to be back on. And we'll get uh, his temperature of the Republican Party here in Arkansas. So big show tomorrow as well. But we've got a huge show going on right now. I've got all three of the Bible guys Two. Is it two? Has it been two weeks in a row? No, no you weren't here last no, week. No, I haven't been here in a couple weeks. We, we okay. were here last week. Okay, but we got all three of them here now. Mm-hmm. This is great. So I got the contrarian. He's here. <laughs> Steve, Steve Hess is here. I've got the pastor. I, I got Scott here from Agape. And we got Billy over here who, uh, you know, who likes to poke the finger at the contrarian. <laughs> well, so, you know, we got him here as, Some, as Someone well. has to keep him contrary, that's right? It, that's so. right, and you can you can do that. I know Does he need can. help with that? Hang on, Not i gotta, really. I got to Google that. <laughs> now, are, you, are you guys seeing the articles? I, I've got several... Uh, websites now, or I guess uh, you know, podcasts and stuff dealing with Christian faith. That a lot of people are writing different articles as we move into this election season, mm. and a lot of people are are saying that they think that the reason that Biden won is that, and you've said this, Steve. The the the, the Christians took their eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. And instead of, of you know, voting uh, for the Bible and what it, sa- it says, they voted for Trump. They, gave, they, they put too much faith in Trump and not enough faith in God. Yep. Now, that, I'll let, I'm gonna, uh, that's a wide open field for okay. you now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, it, it's true. Um, one of the guys I listen to quite a bit and we've had at the church is uh, Dr. Michael Brown, and he talked about that I'm quite I'm going to have him on in the near future. He's got a new book out. Mm. Oh, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get him on. I'm going to have him when I have him on. I'm going to have him on Tuesday okay. with right. you guys. Okay, cool. cool. All right. um, but yeah, he's talked about that quite a bit. That um, the the church put too much hope in a man, uh, and just like I don't anticipate much change uh, in our government this fall, even if the uh, Republicans take everything, nothing changed in the church when Donald Trump took office. Everybody just rallied behind this guy who was supporting Israel and who loved America and did support the evangelicals in the church. So, I mean, he was very good to the church, and, and he had a lot of uh, evangelicals on his council and stuff like that. But it seems to be that's what the focus was. 
that there wasn't a focus on repentance and revival or restoration or anything like that. It was, oh, well, we have a uh, Republican who loves the church now in the White House, so everything's going to be great. And and that's where I think that um, we got way off key, and especially when everybody started to lose their mind when it looked like he lost. Uh, again, they put too much um, faith in a, in a Saul, right? They just thought that, well, hey, we've got a king here. We've got us a leader now. How did we, mi- how did we miss that story? I mean, it's such a major story in the Bible about yeah. Saul and the who was it? Who was the priest at that time? Was that uh, well, Samuel? Samuel? Yeah, he wasn't. And a Samuel priest, said, "No." You mean yeah, prophet? Your prophet. Yeah. You don't. You don't need a king. You mm-hmm. have a king. Yeah. And uh, and God said, "Hey, look, they want a king. I'll give them a king." He knew what was going to happen. I think it's exactly the story that played out now. And yeah. and. Uh, people focus too much on that. And what was God trying to say? I'm your king, right? And there is a king coming, right? Me in the flesh. Uh, but you wanted this guy. And I think that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what played out. Hmm. Okay. So how do you see it now as you watch it? Is it is the church, and maybe I should ask, I should ask you this, Pastor. Uh, are you seeing the church as revved up for this election as they have been in the past? Maybe uh, in the last election? Um, no, I guess not. I, I don't. I've not heard. Um, I haven't heard. I mean, there are a few individuals who will who will talk about it, but I, I honestly have not heard a lot. I really okay. haven't. Any friends talking to you, Billy? Really, I'm hearing very little as well. Um, and and I, you mean midterms or talking yeah, potential terms? Well, I'm looking at midterms yeah. right now because gotcha. the midterms are really, really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that it's not just because everybody thinks this is a foregone conclusion. Uh, the, the people I have talked to, that's, oh, yeah, it's a done deal. Um, of course, that is a very scary position to have. Um, you know, that's when you tend to, to lose unexpectedly is when you think you've got it in the bag already. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm not hearing a whole lot about that. But I think there's a lot, just a lot of uh, skepticism out yeah. there like, okay, so we're told, uh, oh, get out there and, and vote. Every vote counts. And then you see that, well, possibly it doesn't matter whether you vote or not, you're going to have the election stolen or you're going to have mules that carry votes here and there. So at the end of the day, they're gonna, people are going to cheat again and we're not going to get the results that we want. And I think some people are are kind of like, I'm, yep. I'm just giving up. I'm done. I'm not even going to vote anymore. And see, that's why the story that we had in the last hour, which is a, a primary battle in a small area of Arkansas, in Crawford, Washington, and and uh, Franklin County, and that, that you got a you got an election that was decided by like six or seven votes, and yeah. there's a fight going on about, you know, what exactly happened and it seems like to me the transparency is not there for that to be able to be ascertained it's important that we talk about that because those mm-hmm. little things have to get squashed immediately if you see one roach mm-hmm. you got to kill it because yep. do you know how many roaches one roach can have yeah yep. that's right. the key mm-hmm. yeah. and so um you know but i think it takes away people's um, zeal enthusiasm it it really like it does bring the people to the place like well, what's the point you know we're now a banana republic so it doesn't matter what we vote yeah. uh, those who are in a power are going to are going to cheat anyway and we're going to get what they want and you know and you know you know Dinesh D'Souza's new movie called 2000 Mules I haven't seen it yet but apparently that's just really a, a packs a, a big punch as to um, what happened 
yeah through the last election so and it and to me is the being the the contrarian uh <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, it doesn't that's matter that's my quarter word you know, for the day a yeah. contrarian will let stuff like that go so, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly you know, well channel because the side doesn't matter it's and it's part of the reason why i think that sometimes investigations on left and right don't happen because the right doesn't want you to look inside their house either yeah and and it's I think that the, I jokingly say whether this is appropriate or not, they're all harlots. They just have different pimps, yep. right? They all work for some – somebody's paying them off to prostitute themselves for a corporation, and they're not voting what's best for this country, and they keep putting us in debt, and they don't block the things that need to be blocked and do what's right. And so there's – it doesn't matter. That's, yes, I am part of those people that say it doesn't matter. Because we've been talking about, I mean, as soon as they got the House, right, with the biggest upset in, in uh, what voting history in 2010 when they had a 34-seat flip or something like that in the House, and they took everything back from Barack Obama that he got in 2008, and nothing changed. We've added another $20 trillion since then, and now we have just LGBT stuff everywhere. We've got everybody celebrating, and nothing has changed. The only thing will change is when the church it's on fire for God yeah. and not another politician. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's All right. It. Now we're going to talk about – look, I'm, I'm going to move politics in today because politics something the church should be speaking out about mm-hmm. uh, and, and talking about. But before we do that, we got a question. And it says, I enjoyed the Bible guys talk about Pentecost last week. Could they talk a bit more about the how-to of celebrating practically? I think that was part of the question last week, but they didn't get to cover it. But before you answer, I got to take a break. I'm being told I got to take a break. So I'll do that. You got me at the right time, Heidi. I hadn't gone too far. So we'll take a break. We'll be back. We're going to talk about, you know, what more do we need to know about Pentecost that we didn't learn last week? We're back (laughs) here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, And again, the question is a a fairly uh, easy one in that. Uh, they were talking about last week we had talked about Pentecost, which had occurred, was it the Sunday before? Uh, June 5th, yeah. Yeah, June 5th. Mm-hmm. So you had that going on, and uh, they wanted to know, was there more that we needed to know? Uh, the exact question was, I enjoyed your, your talk about Pentecost last week. Could they talk a bit more about the how-to of celebrating practically? I think that was part of the question last week, but they didn't get to cover it. Now, celebrating practically, I don't know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, just like all things, a lot of people spiritualize everything, and so I guess they're looking for something tangible outside of just looking at the spiritual principle behind it would be my guess. I mean, how much ice cream are you supposed to eat? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I right. guess that's kind of the question. Yeah, well, that, that's a part of the – I guess that would be one of the practical things that we're talking about. Um yeah, we one thing we do at our church on on um, you know how sometimes with churches if you go to church like on Palm Sunday they might give the kids might palm. make, make palms or something like that. So on on Shavuot or Pentecost Sunday um, we we have chocolate sitting out on the on the tables. People can take them as they grab one as they go in when they go out. Um, we, and the reason for that is because I think I think we may have said this last week, but but um, one of the things that uh, synagogues and Jewish communities do all over the world at uh, at Pentecost is they eat uh, dairy products, mm-hmm. and, and the reason why and the reason why is because they say that on this day we are born again, 
And because we're born again on this day, uh, we're babes, and babies only eat milk. And so everything that's consumed that day is dairy-based. And so they eat ice cream and cheesecake and chocolates. I mean, what a great holiday, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we and I missed it. Yeah, so we follow we follow that. We follow suit. We had a, you know, we have chocolates available when people go into church when they come out, and then um, we always have a big celebration. Uh, uh, and it's basically everybody brings a picnic lunch. And we fill our gymnasium with uh, bouncy houses and stuff for the kids and then our youth we have just big vats of five gallons of different kinds of ice cream and our youth serve ice cream up and so we in a practical way that's what we do as a as a church community uh to uh, to celebrate uh, the and feast. the reason pentecost is so important to the church is well this is the day that god chose to birth the church uh and on the feast of uh when the, the church finally existed absolutely. right absolutely yeah right okay yeah and in the fact that i mean i think it's what i think is really cool is that that um jesus said you know i'm going to send the holy spirit and he didn't do it he said go go and wait so he one of the first things he tell the resurrected jesus one of the, one of the first things he tells the church to do is he says i want you to go to jerusalem and and basically celebrate the feast um and then he goes to heaven and he waits until the 50th day rolls around. He waits until Pentecost before he sends the Holy Spirit. So heaven itself was celebrating this particular feast day. This was the the day that the Ten Commandments was given to Moses, correct? That's correct, yeah. So 50 days from, from Passover in Egypt to Pentecost at the mountain. The first Pentecost, what happened is the Holy Ghost descended. The law of God was, was given. 3,000 people died in rebellion mm-hmm. on Acts chapter 2. The Holy Ghost descended. The law of God was written on our hearts. 3,000 people were, were born again. The church, is, the church is birthed. I mean, if there's a day the church should really be celebrating, yeah. uh, this is certainly one of them. It's the day that this God like, chose. To, to me, it's, it's, like, it's like our 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. It's sure, the birth of our nation, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of churches, I mean, a lot of churches have celebrations at the anniversary of their church. You know, their church was started in August 5th or May 15th or whatever. They have these big, you know, celebrations. They have homecoming where they invite people back and all that. Well, that's great. But this is biblical, and this is the day that God chose to birth the church. And so we take that and we make a, a big church-wide celebration out of it. And rightly so. And rightly so. This is what this is what heaven celebrated and earth celebrated uh, 2,000 years ago. And so um, we celebrate that same thing even to this day. I think we should also uh, reach out more and do more things with other churches in the idea of worshiping. I think that's the day in which churches should really That would really be cool. A lot of their, churches come together. That yeah, would be very cool. Because, I mean, that was the key, right? It was um, they were all together in one place in one accord. Mm. And that goes with, you know, my, you know, preaching right now is the body's got to come together. The, yep. the church has got to drop all of this division that it has about different doctrinal things. And we could change the course of the nation if the church got together and started worshiping together in Pentecost is the perfect time to do it because that's when the church was together and was at one accord in one place, worshiping and praising God together. That's what we got to do, and I think that would be a more practical thing to do is just put something together where we go, hey, let's all get together and let's meet. We can even meet in a neutral place. We'll rent a place because sometimes pastors are petty and they want to have it at their place and they won't go out and do <laughs> yeah. things. Steve just mentioned one of the most difficult things to accomplish. Well, yeah. Is to bring, is is to, to get people together because everybody is very much, very much their agenda driven, unfortunately. And then when you try to 
put something around a biblical command or a biblical event, it's like, you know, well, we've got something else going on. And uh, it, 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 for me, it's very frustrating. Oh, well, I mean, I, yeah, uh, you I, know, I mean, we real, had a little rant. I'm sorry, because we tried doing that with the Messianic community. Yeah. We tried inviting the group to come together to where all the different groups would come together and we would worship together that, that Saturday night leading into Pentecost. And they said, no, Nobody because you don't do what the way we they, do. They didn't say it, but they said it by not showing up. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. if this is really if this is really important to us, you know, you should. I mean, everything should come to uh, a halt, and we focus on what what's important to the Lord. You know, one thing for me, you know, we had a night to honor Israel um, a few um, a few months ago. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. And, you know, I reached out to different pastors and so forth. It, it's just, you know, if if we can't gather or celebrate or, or be together in things that God commands, we we, just have a, we need to have a real reevaluation of of. of of why we do what we do, what our agenda is. We've tried, you know, we've tried very hard with our church to put our entire church calendar on the calendar of the Lord. You know, when 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 the when the feast of the Lord roll around, our our church functions all that way. My my our office hours work according to that. We've tried to put the church on God's calendar as opposed to trying to well we have our calendar, and we'll accommodate God's calendar whenever it doesn't conflict with what right. we want to do. I mean, it's like so we've we've tried to to reshuffle, and I think we've done it um, on how to do that. When 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 um, Yom Kippur rolls around, you know, our offices shut down, our campus shuts down. We go into prayer and fasting for uh, for the for the time that the Yom Kippur is. Whenever you know. Tabernacles comes around. We have an entire week where the whole ministry shifts and the office shifts. Everything moves according to the Bible, and um, we've—I think—we've lost a lot of a lot of that. But that, going back to, to Steve's point, it's finding that place of gathering for um, purpose is is very. It, difficult. It'll come after the fall. Yep, it'll yep. come. But right now, it's even as difficult as the time that we're living in now, it's still not hard enough. It's going to get worse. Yep. It's still not hard enough for people to drop all those things and, and to come together. And so it'll come. I mean, but it, it'll be after the close. Yeah, I, I reached out to you know these different people and pastors to invite them. And and um, one, one guy, he was like, yeah, he said, man, uh, I, I really like to be there. Um, and I said, well, great. Could you – would you be you know, announce it at your church, assuming you don't have – Services and and the response is well, no, we don't do that. So, I don't know. I, they I don't just, do what? They don't announce that something like that's going on. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and I'm. I You'd just, be surprised it, how many shepherds are afraid somebody's going to steal their sheep. Yeah. Hmm. And instead of what and, they need, and to, the mistake is they think they're their sheep. Correct. That's, that's going problem. to say the way I explain it to people is we are our shepherds of a flock, but the fence there is no fence in the field right it's only the ones that god brings into and out of our field right and we should not be concerned about well you know so-and-so stole our sheep and now we don't have the same number or whatever the case is but whose sheep are they that's what i'm saying that's the point we don't own them all we do is tend them as they're in our field yeah interesting all right we're going to take a break come back we got more to talk about going to talk about why is the pulpit so silent about dealing with really important issues facing our country 
and not speaking out with boldness. We'll talk about that. Come Saturday. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, well, we'll get to see what Steve has to say here. Come Sunday. Right. We're coming back, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna speak about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't run away. we got uh, Bill O'Reilly coming up, and then we've got the Bible guys back here. All right, let's talk about the church a little bit today. Mm-hmm. All right? And uh, it's, I came up with something that I want you guys to talk about, if you would. And that is, why aren't churches speaking out about a lot of very important issues that are happening in our country? Uh, you got a lot of pastors who won't talk about abortion. you got a lot of pastors who won't talk about transsexualism. you got mm-hmm. a lot of pastors who won't talk about the gay agenda and on and on and on and on. Uh, some of that could be because they're afraid they've got somebody within the the congregation that's a big giver or whatever, and they're afraid to, they're going to cross them or whatever. Is the problem, though, the real problem exists in – got to ask you guys. I mean, you're all pastors, all right? Is that within the church, you got carnal Christians mm-hmm. and you got spiritual Christians, and there's a big difference between the two mm-hmm. of them. All right, so let's talk a little bit about that. Don't mean to step on your toes, but if shoe fits, I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. All right, it fit me sometimes. I was carnal Christian. At Pastor one Scott time. addressed this a while ago, or if you can't remember the last time I heard it, that. The problem is is the church uh, has taken issues that were biblical and have made them political. I mean, that's what I've heard him say several times. And that's what it, the, I think that's the main thing is we're afraid um, to say, oh, that's politics. No, it's, it's not politics. It's about immorality. That's what it's about. The ones that make it into politics are carnal Christian. Yeah. They are not a spiritual Christian because yeah. if you're a spiritual Christian, it's what the Bible says. So right. you want to hear what the Bible has to say about things. Right. Right. If what the Bible says to you mm-hmm. upsets you, mm-hmm. there's something going on within yourself. Yep. You see, the Scripture is food for your mm-hmm. spirit, man. And if all of a sudden you start getting nauseous because you're being served the, the food, there is a problem in, in your in your heart. But if you if someone teaches about it teaches something regarding the whole uh, pro-life or pro-abortion agenda from the pulpit and you get upset about it what you're doing is you're politicizing a biblical issue because it's bible if you get upset if if the pastor is supporting the nation of israel then you have a problem there because what you've done is you've politicized a a biblical issue israel is a biblical issue life is a biblical issue uh in our, our society and in, in peace in our society and in, in god involved in the lives of our of our kids and Male and female; these are biblical issues. And if you get upset about it, then you're you're actually showing, uh, yeah, just how carnal you really you really are. But it means pastors, that you're not saying that the Bible is the definitive word. And that's if you get into the statistics now. And I, I think it was on one of Doctor Brown's podcasts where he had all that brought out. And it was something like only ten percent oh, yeah. of of uh, evangelical pastors. It may not have been evangelical; maybe just pastors. 
only believe that the Word of God is the inerrant Word of God. Didn't I send you guys something no. about that story? It, yeah, only, like, only 10% have a biblical worldview That's or something like that. I yeah. sent you that. That was from yeah. the Banner group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yep. So yeah. how? If, so if you if you only have 10% who have a, have a biblical the worldview, preachers. then, then yeah, you're the only going to have 10% of the Christians that are being taught are going to have a biblical worldview, and you're going to have 90% of us out there who don't have a biblical worldview, which is it's just unbelievable yeah. that we're in this, in this it, place. It, it, is that why some churches grow exponentially huge and other churches just wither on the vine, do you think? There are churches. What the, part of the reason that most churches grow is – yeah, Billy's. I'm Billy's watching, he's going to be the contrary. He's, he's getting ready. He's getting ready to fire off. Well, I'm just telling you. I've been. I've been watching him here. It's because some churches there are. You can go and get all kinds of books on how to build a church, mm-hmm. and yep. they will tell you. This is how you grow a church. You don't talk about anything difficult, right? Um, you don't want to offend people, and then people are all ADD today, so you've got to have 20 to 30 minutes worth of worship. Uh, it's got to be what's popular. It's got to be what's on the radio. Uh, you've got to keep it fresh and different. Uh, and then you talk about, you know, have a, a you know, make sure don't, don't anybody wear suits or give any expression of holiness, and then follow it up by a 20 or 25 minute service. So it'll give everybody about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And that, and then again, don't talk about anything that's going to be offensive. And then people go, Oh, that's great. I like that church. And they go there. And then also, when you start talking about things that are actually biblical and difficult, like they start getting uncomfortable and they go, I don't like this. Okay, that's the Holy Ghost telling you that things in your life aren't right because they're contrary to the word of god and then they go instead of dealing with it they go i think i'll go down the road where they don't do all of that i, th- I like that one over there because it's fluffy and makes me feel good about living in the sin that i'm in hmm. it's fact that's just, that is exactly what's happening and the fact that pastors don't fear god and don't revere the word of god any longer they're not teaching those things about hey if um, if you got sin in your life, you need to repent. If you're watching porn secretly, you need to repent. You need to get down on the altar here and repent. If you're secretly going out on your wife, you need to repent, right? And and we don't teach it. Oh, if you're stealing from the company, but you know the company makes enough money or the government makes enough money, it's okay. No, we don't talk that sin still matters and that God, by the way, still cares about sin. We don't. You just can't take this. Well, Jesus died for my sins, and therefore I get to do whatever I want, act however I want. Don't you ever say anything that's offensive? I got to me. my fire. Got my fire insurance. Yep. All right. All right, Billy. The the problem is twofold. Um, For one, um, the congregation, by and large, doesn't want to hear the truth. And if you offend them, they will simply do what Americans do in every instance, which is pack up and go somewhere else. You don't believe it? Look at the divorce statistics in this country. The same thing happens in the church. I don't like the preacher. I don't like what you preach. So I'll just go down the street. Uh, the flip side of that coin is because preachers understand that they don't say controversial things. They don't say truth because they fear running off their entire congregation. That and th- and that's that's the entirety of the problem. Yeah. We treat church just like we treat marriage in this country. Why do sixty percent of all first marriages end in divorce? Because we are not a people who are dedicated to anything anymore, as uh, by and large. And as a result, pastors fear because they'd rather have a big church than yeah. have a holy church. And it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I respect Pastor Scott so much is because he don't hold back, right? Yep. And, he, you know, he's well, one of the me, few big me, churches Let me run guy. back here, all right? I'm do a little, how long have you been at Agape now? Uh, eight years. Okay. When he came to Agape, I remember this. I remember, clear as day, I remember... A lot of his congregation walked out on him. 
and it's rebuilt now Mm -hmm. because they didn't like what you taught. Mm -hmm. I I remember this as clear as day Mm -hmm. because I had some friends that attended over there, and they said, well, I'm I'm just not into what he's preaching, you know. And I said, is it truth? And they just looked Mm -hmm. at me Mm -hmm. because it goes back on you. Look, we talk about there's this – there's a spiritual area where a war is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's come to my attention of things that I've read that if you want to see the biggest war that's going on, be at church on Sunday mm-hmm. where you got carnal Christians and you got spiritual Christians and they're both meeting. And so you got the war really happening. They're not just the people <laughs> we're talking about on the, in the spiritual realm. That's the part that I I can't. There are certain things that I can I can go. Oh, I can see two sides of that argument. For the life of me, I I've tried. When people are having a difficult time, the first thing they do is not go to church. Yeah, I know. The place where you can, the place where you will hear a word of God, you will get an encouragement by somebody from the faith that's standing there, where you can listen to music and praise and worship God, Mm -hmm. and they just go. I think I'll just stay home today because I'm not feeling it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not the devil at all. But right? but, but, but let, let's so so would that same person? Let's just say all of a sudden they started having severe abdominal pains. Would they say, "Well, I'm not going to go to the doctor. Not going to go to the doctor. No, they're going to they're going to call nine one one and get the ambulance there and get themselves to a place where they can get some help yeah. immediately." It's it's a very sad thing when we when we put more value on on this this bag of bones than we do on our spirit man that's going to live forever. You know, there's a. Um, I'll use a movie reference for for you, Dave. Um, I told I, I like this movie reference with Billy and, and with my <laughs> wife. What I'm afraid is, is I'm going to be like Will Smith uh, in Men in Black Two. Mm-hmm. So you know, at the beginning of that movie, where um, uh, he he's that that big giant worm that's in the subway, right? Yeah. And he goes flying through the back of the subway car, and he and everybody just kind of looks at him, and he starts telling everybody, "Hey, there's an emergency here. I need you to kind of move forward." And they just kind of ignore him. And then the thing takes a big bite out of the back of the subway, yeah. and everybody starts running and screaming. He's like, "Oh no, no! You need to sit down. You weren't listening to me just a second ago." <laughs> and so I'm afraid that when everything really starts going, I'll be, I, instead of at the door waving them in, I'll be like, "No, no, no! Yeah. We've been trying telling you this. We could have waved this off. We could have. That's the thing that's frustrating. Yeah. Everything that is happening in this." If the church got unified, if the church got on fire and people started preaching and people started singing, you could wave all this off. You got to send out the praisers and get all that stuff going and stop the fighting and start the, stop the dividing and stop looking for souls. We could stop what's coming yep. if the church got on fire. Well, I keep saying I'm I'm seeing it more and more, and that is folks that come to the church and they really don't want to hear what the Bible has yep. to say. And, and the that's Bible the reason is it will God's interrupt word, your life. folks. Yeah. The Bible is God's word. Yeah. Do and you believe that or don't? And if you right. don't believe it, I'm going to better take your spiritual temperature. I'm yeah. going to tell you. Well, we even we produced this year. Um, I don't know if I've gotten these any to. I don't think I've gotten any of these to you. But we 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 produced a refrigerator magnet, and it is it shows all the the dates of the feast of the Lord, mm-hmm. so people can see it. A year in advance, so they can plan their vac. They don't have to say, "Oh man, we're going to be on vacation that weekend." You know, a whole year in advance, so you can make sure that you carve out these moments in time and reserve them and put them aside for what's important to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, this, these are things that are important to Him before He even created man. He created these uh, particular moments in time. The Bible calls them the Moedim. These appointed times that are important to. Uh, to, to God, but if we don't value what He values, 
then we're going to find ourselves. I'll share another one. There's a. I doubt they're listening, but if if if, uh, if they are, they can be offended. Uh, there was one of the Messianic groups that um, I said, "Hey, we're having this big trying to get as many of the groups together for Pentecost." And I said, um, "If you could let the group know this weekend." Uh, he's like, "Oh, we're not having service. Uh, it's the leader's anniversary, so they're out of town." Oh, it's like uh, one of the Hebraic roots groups that's supposed to be the voice for the feast of the Lord. Instead of delaying celebrating your anniversary, you shut down the things of God. Okay, yeah, this is going to work out great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I was like, uh, "Okay, yeah, this ain't going to work. I'm no. done here." Here's a good example. Let's talk about transsexualism for just a second. That somehow. Gender and biological sex are two different things. They are not. No. The Bible is very clear that there are two genders, two sexes, Mm -hmm. male and female. That's how God created it. Mm -hmm. All right. It's not for us to question that. It's for us to – and I – it took me a while to get there, all right? But if it says it, i got to accept that it's the truth. Right, right. And I gotta, I gotta work my world, world that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to change my thoughts because then my thoughts are worldly; they're not biblical. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. You know what you got to do? You got to tell yourself you're wrong, and nobody yeah, likes to say right. that they're wrong. And right. I gotta admit, I've been wrong several yeah. times. But you have, have. But that requires that you accept. God's word as absolute truth, right? and if you and accept, I, I, I talk about truth all the time, yep. and I have to talk about absolute truth. We'll talk about that. I got to get a break in. Uh, Heidi says break now, so I'm breaking right now, and we'll be back to finish it up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. This brings me up. I just told Steve something, and he kind of looked at me and said, hmm, "That's pretty good." Um, I'm going to. I, I got to get my sponsorship set up, but we're going to get that done. And, and what we're going to do is, I'm going to we're going to put a a bumper sticker together for the Dave Ellswick show, and the bumper sticker is going to say, "America bless God," mm-hmm. not "God bless America." Yeah. Let me just tell you this: it's only by God's blessing right now that America is still standing, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it's time for us. To bless him mm-hmm. for what he's done for us and turn our face towards his truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. So, uh, boy, I, I, I wanted to say something, one real quick. I got to thank Salem, the company that owns this radio station, because there is no other broadcasting company would ever let me say on some of the things <laughs> that I say on That's the true. air. That's true. Yeah. Especially by God. Take a look at what Sports Illustrated is doing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen what they're doing to That's, this? The pastor? Know. Yeah. No. Now, well, not the pastor, the football coach. The football coach no. prayed. That was praying, and they, they basically they said that uh, this guy is tearing down the foundations Idiots. of America's uh, democracy because yeah. he's pr- he's praying what? in front of the, these kids. And I'm like, this tells me we're looking – into the precipice, and mm. we better be very into the valley from the precipice, mm. and we better be very, very careful. Kind of Elmer Fundish, I'll say it, very, very careful yeah. about what we're doing right now. Because if we fall off, there ain't no coming back. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, yeah. There's and there, and it goes back to what you were saying oh. about the preachers. 
There are nobody that has the voices. You can name any of the biggest name preachers. And actually, one of the biggest name preachers out there is, is Andy Stanley, right? And he's telling people that you can barely trust the Word of God, right? That's right. the series that he's going yeah, he's through. Instead from, of he's 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 from uh, Atlanta. That is Charles Stanley's son. Yep. And the people what, that have what does he say? He's doing a series Gracie on Gracie Grace. Well, whether or not you can even trust the um, the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But and, then again, it was what about a year and a half ago when he said the entire Old, Old Testament, including the uh, Ten Commandments, is oh, yeah, null unhitched from right. the, yeah, yeah, we have to unhitch. You have to get rid of that. So, so when you've got the guys that have the platform that aren't calling for repentance, then you are going to have the acceleration of all of the immorality that we have in this nation. It's not going to change until the men of God call the people of this nation to repentance. So there, there, there will not. It's not going to. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, three of the four engines on this airplane are out, yeah. and the other one's on fire. And, and luckily, we, uh, we'll just say, and luckily it's like a C-130. You can fly with one engine right. on fire yeah, and the rest of them out. It's coming down, though. Yeah, it's, it's coming, coming down. down. Because there's nobody to say, maybe we should try and start those other engines back up. Nobody's calling for it. And it's just not. That's why I say that people can get all excited they want uh, about whoever wins to the right, if you will, but it's not going to change until the church gets on fire. And it, right. and it's part – I personally, because of where I think we're at prophetically in the times, I don't think we come out of it. Yeah. I don't. I think because America's had to fall in order for the end times events to begin to transpire, that's part of the reason why I don't think but, that we come out of it. But I think I speak for all of us. That we don't give up. Correct. Presenting right. the truth. Correct. Yep. It's up to the Holy Spirit to, yep. to take care of the truth. All yeah, right. Just because America comes off the world scene as the world's leading source, whether it be financially, militarily, whatever, it doesn't mean that revival and an outpouring of the Spirit of God won't come in the midst. We'll just lose our influence because of what needs to happen to Israel in the end. Yeah, and but what yes. we generally see is the exact opposite, right? As hard times come people tend to turn towards God. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a huge segment of the population in the U.S. that will rebel against that, but again, what do we expect the end times to look like? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, actually, a fall of that nature tends to be pretty healthy for the church, historically. It, it's, it's human nature, right? All you got to do is go back and read through the history of Israel. They, God blessed them. They turned. I mean, even before they began, right? And Moses like, as soon as I'm dead, you guys are going to leave, right? <laughs> right. I mean, and that's what he said. And, and because you're a stubborn, stiff-necked people. And then what happened? God judged them. They cried out. Then a righteous king rose. Then a bad king rose. And then they fell. And then God judged them. And they cried out to God. And a good king. It's human nature. So it's not that we shouldn't be surprised somewhat. But at the same time, you know, sometimes I feel like Isaiah or Jeremiah just going, guys, this doesn't have to come. God doesn't right. like just beating up on his people for fun. He's doing it because you guys are sinning and you won't repent. And and you just go, you know, this so this could change, right? It could change. But you just kind of go, it's human nature. We'll we'll wait for it to fall and then we'll be like, okay, let's let's pick you up and dust you off and get down to the altar. All right. Well, hopefully we'll do Passover in the churches. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, yeah. that's, that that small things all right? Yep. I'm just talking little things. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it so difficult? And I don't know where along the way that we lost a Judeo out of Christian. Yep. yep. And we have. We have. And this guy, Charles Stanley's son, you know, he's preaching stuff from the pit of hell. Mm. And people are throwing their arms around him. Anytime that we, you begin to 
well, anytime you depart from a foundation, you're building something that's not going to stand. Yeah. We've got to go back to the foundation. And that's what we're trying to do here with the Bible Get back on the rock. Mm Mm-hmm. Get back on the rock, get off the sand. Yeah. Yep. I mean, seriously. For sure. I, mean, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with you. All right. But again, my thanks to the folks from Salem for giving me the opportunity to be able Amen. to do this show. All mm-hmm. right. Seriously. There's no other station does anything like what we're doing right now here on on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. And I thank Salem for uh, allowing me to do it. When they say that they won't, I won't be here. All right, just let you know. All right, Dave Ellswick Show, I'll be back at 9 o'clock, and we'll be talking to uh, State Representative Carlton Wing uh, and talk with him and see how things are going as far as he's concerned in the House for the the state uh, legislature. Until then, uh, enjoy um, some stuff about your money. Not a lot of good things to say about it right now, I'm telling you. <laughs> Billy, thank you. Scott, thank Sir. you. Thank you as well, uh, Steve. Before I get out, i got 10 seconds. Service on Sunday? Service on Sunday, 701 Napa Valley Drive at 10 o'clock. If you're looking to get your kids in a good uh, school, then you can put them into agapeacademy.org. Check us out. And, of course, on Saturdays, outside Agape, our Messianic service at 1 o'clock. All right. I'm out of here. Back at 9. All right, 9 o'clock hour, Dave Ellswick Show. We're back for another hour, and this hour we'll get into depth with uh, State Representative uh, Carlton Wing. He joins us, of course, Carlton's over in North uh, Little Rock and in Sherwood. Yes. And good to have him with us. i got to let you know, I'm, if he falls asleep during the show, <laughs> I, will not, I will not hold him responsible. He was in Florida yesterday. He yes. came in late last night and said, I'll be there today. Now, I, if if it had been the 6 a.m. hour, probably not. <laughs> I'd have just but stayed he's up. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's here with us today, and it's good to have him here. Uh, and he made – he was just – we were just remembering the time said he's been on my show. We've always been somewhere else. This yeah. is your first time to walk into the this bastion is, of conservatism. This is great. This is, this is a monument right here. Yeah, you walk you. around. Well, I don't yeah. have him up right now. i got to get a one-by-one one and put it up his back. But I, I've got Reagan. He's laying on oh, the floor good. over there. We'll get him back up. Today, by the way, is today not uh, Donald Trump's birthday? Oh, it might be. Isn't his I birthday don't... Flag Day? I think so. Uh, Today's Flag Day. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I'm just throwing that out there. It's good to see you. Thank you. You know what I'm really excited about? We The last time we really have talked in depth was when you were having the fight of your life to keep your office. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you feel like that John Thurston, the Secretary of State, uh, got that under control in Pulaski County? Well, a lot of things uh, snuck up, and it and it's hard to you know pin any one person. It was more of a it was a system. It was it was a lot of things happening that had never happened before. I mean, obviously, COVID threw all of the norms out the window. Right. And when you had that many absentee ballots coming from a variety of sources, it 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 made it to where anything that was abnormal 
wouldn't look abnormal because you had this whole cover of COVID. Correct. To, uh, to just a, a kind of a mystery, a, a cloud of mystery over a lot of that. So it was, I mean, there were a lot of things that happened. And, and like I say, about 95% of the counties in Arkansas worked perfectly, worked flawlessly. Uh, but we do, we, it seems like we always have a couple of problem children in the group. And well, this County is ground zero for blue. Okay? Yeah. I'm, seriously. Yeah. You know, we've been fighting this battle uh, here in Pulaski County for quite some time. So in that race, what was the separation of the number of votes? 16 votes. 16 votes. A friend of mine sent me a cake, a sweet 16 cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's good. So, you know, it, a lot of laws got passed mm-hmm. after that. I yes. mean, Mark Johnson, State Senator Mark Johnson was involved. State Representative Mark Lowry was involved. Uh, with that and i, I got to give them both credit because they did some very very good work very heavy lifting. that will hopefully uh keep the integrity of the electoral process here in the state clean yes we passed 15 15 separate laws that identified areas where we saw problems afterwards and with the benefit of hindsight you know one of the things that happened and i'd say one of the one of the key bills that passed that most people wouldn't be aware. I mean, everybody was aware of voter ID. I mean, that's yeah, a very that popular was a big one. Yeah, that, and that was that was huge. And it's popular among Republicans. It's popular among Democrats. So everybody agrees that voter ID is a real thing. We need to have it. And so we went to the pure voter ID. That was one of uh, Mark Lowry's bills. Yes, was it was. A pure, you've, you, you know, you got to show your ID to vote. And it, you, just like you got to show your ID to do just about anything important. I agree. And so that was just kind of a basic no-brainer. And a lot of the people were aware of that. But what a lot of people weren't aware of is this relationship between the election commission and the clerk's offices mm-hmm. across the state. Most people are not aware there are three election commissioners in every county. There are two Republicans and one Democrat in every election commission across the county, and that ratio is set by the constitutional offices, That's the correct. seven constitutional because offices. Because when I got here, it was just the opposite. It was two Democrats, yeah. one Republican. Right. And in fact, it used to be just whoever the governor was. If it was governor, then it was two to one in, in the favor of the ratio of the party of the governor governor Mm -hmm. when um, Rockefeller um, uh, came up then they decided wait a second we can't have that and so then they changed it to the seven constitutional officers whoever had the most (laughs) but anyway we've got all seven now and so we've got two to one ratio in every uh, county in Arkansas but the but the problem is is those election commissioners are just three people and then they rely on the manpower of the clerk's offices And if you have a hostile clerk's office or if you've just got a strained relationship between those two entities, it can make it very, very difficult for the only three people who have to sign their names that this election was conducted with integrity. Yeah, legitimate. (laughs) Yeah. Those three people have to sign off on the work of the clerk's offices. And like we say, in almost every county in Arkansas, it works perfectly. But in a couple of counties, we've had some issues. And so we were able, with a couple of our bills, to address that relationship and address that proper constitutional line of authority and fix that. All right. And that's good because as much as when you talk about changing elections, the Democrats and liberals tend to scream disenfranchisement. That's exactly what it wasn't. Yeah. It was to make sure that you knew if you vote, your vote 
was going to be counted correctly. Yeah, correctly. And, and nothing suppresses the vote like voter fraud. That's right. And if people think their vote doesn't matter because uh, it's, it's being fixed or rigged by people in power, they won't vote at all. And so as proven, because Georgia passed very significant election reform oh, yeah. laws, very similar. Right? Yeah, and the turnouts are setting a record. Here in Arkansas, our most recent primary, the highest we've had in 10 years, under all of these bills that we passed to protect the integrity of the vote. And I think more voters realize that we are taking that seriously now and are going out and voting accordingly. Do you not get excited? I mean, look, when I got here into uh, Arkansas, we had uh, four Republicans in the House. We had one so-called Republican in the Senate. Now, We've got what it's. I think we'll pick up a couple of seats this year. Uh, probably be up in seventy-eight, maybe even hit the eighty mark in the House mm-hmm. for Republicans. And I think the Democrats are going to have maybe four state Senate seats. So that would give us thirty. What thirty? It's thirty-five, thirty-one. That's incredible. The shift has been incredible. One of my my one of my most fun events was. They got together the uh, constitutional offices uh, officers uh, eight years ago to take a picture of them in the old Supreme Court chamber, and I got a call from the governor's office saying, "Come over, we want you to join with us in this picture," and I thought that was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, we went from literally having one or two. I mean, it was two. It was Mark Martin was Secretary of State. You had uh, Thurston was Land Commissioner, and that was it. Yeah. And now we hold, we have all of them. I I'll make this prediction right now. We will hold all of them come November. Yeah, we'll have them all again. Yeah. So with that in mind, it's just incredible what has occurred in the state of Arkansas. Well, and you look at, at, at why that happened. There's a couple of factors at play. One is you have a hard left turn by the National Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of folks who, I mean, the, the traditional Southern Democrat was conservative. It used to be that our biggest arguments between Republicans and Democrats was just how wide to cast the social safety net. And and, so, and that was back that was back in the good old days of <laughs> when your partisan politics just really encompassed that for the most part. Correct. I mean, there, and, but then what happened was when the when the national party took a hard left turn, a lot of people really didn't have to move their politics at all. The boundary changed around them, and all of a sudden they found themselves aligning more with the Republicans, and and so that that was a good chunk of that there. But then you also had key players along the way. You mentioned Ronald Reagan. I mean, I've, I was re- actually reading one of his books on the plane ride home last night, and uh, I was a high school student when Reagan's re-election came around. It was the first campaign I ever worked on. And what a thrill to be able to... Um, and, and when he came and spoke at the old Excelsior Hotel, which is right. now the Marriott, um, <laughs> he came and spoke, and because I was on his campaign, I got to be really close up to the stage and was just enthralled to see him in person and, and the type of communication that he had, the success that he had. He was the guy that took us out of the malaise of you know from 76 uh, to 80 carter yeah which we're back in now but you know it took a carter to create a reagan yeah it's gonna take a biden to create whoever's next yes <laughs> yeah that's in in let me tell you what 
we're in bad shape right now in this nation. And people are starting to see that. And, and one of the most important premises in, in politics is there's a, there's a line I live by, by choosing your path, you choose your destination. Mm-hmm. And the nation has been on a path here in the last couple of years that has been uh, pretty dangerous, but we're seeing the results of that. And that is causing people to wake up and think, you know what, that's probably not the way we need to go. Every time I go to the gas pump, I'm reminded of failed policy with regards to energy. And yeah. so now we know. Every time okay, you we go to the grocery do, store. Exactly. And, and, and that gas pump uh, affects everything else that I buy that's because right. everything has to be shipped. And so when I see that, then I think, well, wait a second. We here in the United States, we have enough energy of our own to be energy independent. We were. But we chose a path away from that. That's right. And now we're suffering the repercussions from that. So voters are becoming aware that these policy differences make a big difference in our bank account. Well, things that we've talked about on the air, when we talked about the Green New Deal and, and mm-hmm. things of that nature, we warned people. Yeah. You know, if that stuff got a got a real finger hold in the, in the country, you're talking about changing America. Mm-hmm. Now they're seeing it, and they don't like what they're seeing. Yeah, and that's good. All right, we've got the uh, the representative on with us for the hour. Uh, Carlton will be here to, uh, to talk to us. We're going to talk about 2023 when we come back because I think significant changes are on the way uh, for the state of Arkansas, and I'll tell you why. I believe that when we return. Let me remind you about David Lucas. David Lucas wants you to know if you need to buy gold or silver, he's the guy to go to to learn how to buy gold and silver. It's Different to buy gold and silver than it is to buy stocks and bonds. Just know that. How much gold and silver should you have? We had uh, uh, Mr. Lawson on uh, last week. He said you should have about 15% precious metals in your in your uh, nest egg. So uh, how much does that mean that you need? I mean, how much money does that mean that you need to put into gold and into, into silver? That's where David Lucas comes in. He'll sit down. He'll explain it to you. Uh, you can call him at 501-222-3315, and uh, they work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. Why is that important? be honest with you, I don't know. He'll tell you why it's important so you can get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, 501-222-3315. Let me give that number one more time. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, back with you here on the day. Well, that's the truth. Yeah. Uh, just in Carlton was looking up at some of the pieces of uh, I love capitalism and uh, some of the other things I've got up and one of them says you are entitled to nothing and I that I look that's what I was taught and that's what I talk about and that's what I believe I also have says I don't trust the government yeah. and uh, I have a healthy a healthy uh, you know I worry about them you know because Jefferson said from the founding of uh, of our republic that uh, the propensity of government is to grow. Yeah. And as government grows, rights disappear. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, you'll, you hear me talk about it all the time here on the show. It's politically able to grow government. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the problem. Yeah, they want more power. Mm-hmm. Always more power. Well, I, I, that's why I looked up. 
I haven't gotten a chance to sit and look at what's going on, uh, but uh, I guess they've they've got that framework out now for the, the Democrats and the Republicans to look at about gun control. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a right. <clears throat> what do you mean you want to curtail a right? No. I mean, the one thing I hate hearing is we have to do something. Yeah. And that's what I hear a lot right now. We've got to do something. Maybe if you do nothing to change that stuff, it's not that stuff that's causing the problem. Maybe it has to do with people, you know, and you've got to deal with people. You know? So anyway, we can talk with that, about that as we go along. But let, let's, let's talk about 2023. Yeah. That's going to be a pivotal year here in the state. We're going to have a brand-new uh, governor. Personally, I think it'll be Sarah. I think she'll be elected. I think she'll. Be, I'm going to make a prediction. She'll she'll get 75 percent of the vote. Very easily could. Yeah. And what, that's what I think that she'll she'll end up with. Uh, I believe that she's much more conservatively minded than Asa is. Nothing against Asa. I was talking to uh, State Representative uh, uh, about this, and, and, and that is I think Asa was the perfect bridge between what we had and what we're going to. Because we haven't arrived yet, Carlson. Would you agree with that? We have not haven't arrived yet yeah, as we, a party? I mean, this is, this is obviously – it's a path we've been on for a long time, but having, having grown up in the state of Arkansas, I mean, it, this was hardcore Democrat for decades. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk about redrawing the boundaries and things like that, I mean, that, that's been going on since 1836. One party's in control. Um, and so here we are for the first time really in the history of our state over the last uh, couple of three sessions. There are four or five sessions that we've actually taken control of the legislature and the, uh, and the executive branch as well. Um, yeah, this is, this is a morphing of a lot of activity uh, to bring us to where we are right now. And when it happened, uh, when the Republican – that's 2010 – and the big change came. The wave came, and it happened. And I, some people were caught off guard because they didn't think it would happen that soon. They, I think everybody saw it was going to happen, but it happened faster than what they expected. What didn't happen, as we would have hoped would have happened, is that the Republican Party itself wasn't completely cohesive around the issues that I think are most important to our Kansans. And the governor has done a good job in not doing some things too fast. Because after 136 years of Democrats ruling the roost, uh, if we had put on the brakes and turned the car and started it up going the other way, the whiplash may have hurt some people. And you know what? Historically, we've got precedence for that because when President Obama took office, he started to go very left very quickly. 
and that's what caused a backlash. They, they, you know, you've got that natural pendulum that will swing mm-hmm. back and forth, and it swings very slowly but very steadily. And I think what happened during the first part of the Obama era was they picked up the pendulum and placed it where they wanted to. And if you know anything about science, what's going to happen with that? It's just going to it's going to mess everything up. Yeah. And so I think they they kind of they bit they bit off a lot there, and it caused a backlash, and that had ripple effects all the way down into the states and into the state legislatures. Local races were affected by that hard left turn. Guess what? You're seeing the exact same thing with Biden. Yes, I don't know why. The Democrats have a bad case of overreach, but they always do, mm-hmm. and uh, they hurt their own cause. There's, n- there's no doubt about that. So here we're coming up now in 2023. You're going to be uh, having a uh, you know get together again down at the state capitol, and I want to be there. Uh, next year so that i can cover it like i have in previous years and i think that is one of the great great services to the state of arkansas for people to know what happens bring more transparency and more awareness of what's taking place at the state capitol because the laws that are passed on a state level affect your day-to-day life far more you than better the laws believe it fact enacted in the federal level That's why we talk about yeah. it more here on this show than i do talking about if i talk about national Typically, it's how are we going to buffer against it here in the state? I mean, if they pass these gun laws, it's going to mean you all are going to have to do some things coming up for the General Assembly Mm -hmm. next year to protect the state of Arkansas against what I think is federal intrusion. Yes, that's true. That's true. And we we debated that in our last session as well. House Bill 1957 was, uh, was a way to address what happens if the feds come in and try to encroach on our Second Amendment rights. Good. I like to hear, hear that. What are some of the big things? I mean, I know that you as a party are caucusing together and you're all that means they're having meetings and talking about the important stuff. That's what that means. And they're doing they're doing their your your gig getting ready for all of this and we're down to a minute so let me po- kind of pose the question and I'll let you answer when we come back cuz we got another half hour to go. That's good. And here here's here's the question. What are going to be the big subjects that you think are going to be dealt with in 2023? 20, uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, Sarah has her team already talking with you guys about what her ideas are and she's wanting you all to be on board with her there will be a honeymoon period and you'll get on board with it but sooner or later that'll be over with and then the real negotiations will begin so uh, let's talk about all of that i want to talk about taxes yep i want to talk about education those are the top two you things know, i, was I want to talk about guns yeah. as well we want to talk about that as well. And we'll do that when we come back after the news. we got news for you. Let's do that. And then back with State Representative Carlton Wing. All right, let's get serious now, Carlton. Let me ask yeah. this question. In 2023, when you all get together and you, you start putting uh, the state together, as I believe the Republican Party has wanted to do now for the last 10 years, but really didn't have the cohesiveness to get it done. Uh, I see some major topics. 
What do you think about is taxes number one? Do you I, think? Yeah, I think taxes is number one. I mean, you're looking at a situation right now where we think by fiscal year end we're going to have 1.47 billion dollars in surplus. We've and we've also got the 1.2 billion dollars in long term strategic reserve, mm-hmm. which is great to have because you, you have to look at it from the from the when you look when you look into the future and forecast as best you can. What have we learned from the last year and a half? Volatility. Yes, we have learned Huge. there there are going to be lots of ups and lots of downs. Now, what happened during COVID was that the federal government came in and flushed us with all kinds of money, money that they printed, money that has created part of the inflation that we're seeing right yes. now. They just printed it off, and when you do that, trillions of dollars that's going to have a negative effect. But right now, we have a very thick bank account because, in part, of that. That's one time deal. We can't forecast that the federal government is going to do the same thing next time. And so we have to have a strategic reserve to be able to handle our fundamental responsibilities of state government. So we need that because we might have to subsist on our own next time. <laughs> so that's part, part one of that. But part two is the very fundamental principle that when you create so much of a surplus from the taxpayer dollars, the taxpayers need to get that money back. That's just basic, fundamental good governance right there. So we have taken more than we need. So how do we, how do we give that back? Um, and so tax cuts is going to be a huge, a huge part of that discussion. Do you think that the biggest discussion will – and because I know that Sarah, as she's been running for office, has brought up the individual income tax. Yes. Do you think that there's going to be a, a major cut – as far as the individual income tax, so we're going to be able to how how close will we be able to get to that goal that I keep hearing from people of getting rid of the individual income tax in Arkansas? You bring up an excellent thing there. In my first term back in 2016, when I was first elected. My I wanted to pursue what would it take for us to go to 0% income tax in the state of Arkansas? And so, because it sounds great, it, and, it, and it's certainly a marketing approach when you look at uh, across the country. You've got 0% income tax, people will move to your state. People will come here. And we've got We've got several states around us that are already there. Yes. And so one of the things I learned is that if we were to do that, we would become the first state in the nation to do that. And you say, well, wait a second. We've got other states that have 0%. They started out that way. We all started out that way. And one by one, we fell off the wagon and started getting into a state income tax. And so all the states that remain, if we were to become the 10th state in the country that has a 0% income tax, we would be the first to do it after having one. So you can't just all of a sudden take the revenue streams as they are currently allocated and just say, that's it. We're going to go to zero because you would create a, a catastrophic situation Ask in the Kansas. state. Yes, well, yeah, Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, they started <laughs> and then they compromised at the end. And because right. of that compromise, that, that's kind of what ruined it. You've got you've to follow the Laffer curve and, uh, and you've got to do it correctly. If, for those who don't know, that's Art Laffer, uh, one of the great and economists. With Reagan. Yes, with Reagan. And, uh, and that's, that's what started that Reagan uh, you know, economic plan that that's really right. took root. But so you've, you've got to do it correctly, and you're going to have to understand that you will probably face some increases in some fees in, in other areas. But what I love about that concept, if you were to drop down to 0% income tax right now, if you look at it, here's a, here's a simplistic view. We just hand the state of Arkansas a big lump of money. 
and we say, do with what you think is best. Now, you tell me, is that good? No. <laughs> That's not good accountable government. But if we were to go to a 0% income tax structure, now we would, we would be paying fees in a certain area here and a certain area there, and, and we are, it's more accountable. It would be like going to Walmart or Kroger and saying, hey, I'm going to give you $1,000 a month, and you give me all the groceries you think I need. Or, alternatively, I can go to the store myself and I can buy as much milk as I want and as much cereal as I want and as much you know, apples or whatever. I'm, I'm in control of that. And the same thing would happen. This is overly simplistic, but the same thing would happen if we were to go to a 0% income tax structure. We would be in charge. If our car fees, to register our car, right now it's, what, 27 bucks, something like that. Um, if that jumped to $200... Then we think, okay, now I'm going to think about if I want to register my car. Uh, if, if for somebody who has more than one car, they might decide I don't need to do that. Um, you know, for those of us that we've got one car, that's it. But it's accountable. We know where that money is going, and we know what that is allocated for, and we're able to trace it and to see if that department is running that in the way that it should. And I think uh, it brings it to an, a more accountable government structure if we were to go to that zero percent structure. All right, for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It had to happen. It's it's more than just cutting the taxes; it's cutting spending as well. Exactly. Now, and, and that's it, the accountability part of this. Okay. So, yes. is there an appetite within the state government to cut spending? You, and you brought that up, and we were talking about that in the last segment. And politically. The uh, government is designed. It is always going to grow because it's politically able to do so. That's you right. can always make people happy by cutting a check. And so do we have the appetite? I, yes, we do. It's going to take immense communication skills to be able to describe exactly what's happening and how this is good overall for the state of Arkansas. And then discipline. Yes. I mean, that's the other thing, discipline. Yeah, it's like you just said. You can cut a check, but maybe there's a better way of doing this than just cutting a check. Yes. Think about what Reagan incorporated and what he inherited in 1980. And a lot of people think when we look back with the benefit of hindsight, we look back and say, well, back, uh, back then, yeah, Reagan fixed it, and he just turned it around, and everybody was great. No, not for the first two years. No, people didn't like Reagan no, in the first two years. It was, it was real tough, but he stuck to his principles of what he knew would succeed. And because of that, it, 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 it did turn around, and we had some of the greatest peacetime expansion in the history of our nation when Reagan uh, was allowed to, to take well, off the Laffer that. was important to that. Volcker was important to that. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of names yes. from that historical perspective that made all of that happen. And, you know, here's a little interesting historical tidbit that most people don't know. There's a fascinating book called JFK and the Reagan Revolution that actually – a lot of those principles of supply-side economics came from the Kennedy administration. When he bucked the system of his own, had a Republican Secretary of Treasury, and they started working on fiscal and monetary policy, and that's when a lot of that supply-side stuff was shown to work. And it was the presidents in between Kennedy and Reagan that turned against that, that, uh, that uh, when things started to go downhill. But under Kennedy... It worked. Well, and that's Reagan, why he said thrived. a rising tide lifts all boats. That's right. Because that's what he was trying to do. Yes. You know, it wasn't, hey, you just don't bring up the poor people or you just don't help business. You help it so that everybody right. takes part in it. Yeah. yeah that's, it, that's a very good point. 
it's a great point that, that you make. All right, we got just a few moments. Let's move into a, another site, a subject. So that that's the first little bit about taxes we wanted yeah. to throw out there. Education. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any parent that I ever talked to that don't wonder what's going on in the school system today. They they just they're stunned by what's going on to their to their kids and give credit to covid for unmasking some of the stuff that was going on because suddenly parents were seeing what was being taught within the public school system so now i'm excited because i'm hearing that sarah and i don't know if she's had meetings send people out to talk to you guys about this or not if you decide that you want to share that you feel free but she sounds a whole lot like congressman bruce westerman uh, not congressman, pardon me, he's congressman now, he's state representative, Bruce Westerman at that time, when he came forth and he said to be equitable for every student in the state, let's figure out how much we're going to spend on every student in the state, give that to the parents, so to speak, and let them take that money and go to whatever school they want to. That's true school choice. That's true equitable school choice. And, uh, man, you had thought that that he was, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, well, I come up with the words, he was a pariah, let's just put it that way. But what he was saying then is now coming to fruition today. I mean, that's what Florida's doing. Yes. That's what we're looking at doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited because there are so many upsides to this. I think uh, to, I'll let you talk. I mean, I'm talking too much. No, if, if I had to pick one category that I think would move the needle the farthest on quality of life in the state of Arkansas, it's educational freedom. I I really think that's going to have the greatest long-term impact on our state. And you look at what uh, Bruce Westerman did and what he said, but also you can go back further than that. Do you are you familiar with Virginia Walden? Yes. Yeah, Miss Virginia. Go see that movie, Miss Virginia. Look it up wherever it's available online right now. It's an amazing story of a single mother who had a child who was struggling in public schools in D.C. In the mm-hmm. District of Columbia. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, you always use that phrase, uh, it takes an act of Congress, you know, how difficult. <laughs> it literally took an act of Congress yes. because it's in the District of Columbia to be able to fix the educational system there and create an opportunity for the immense amount of money that was being spent per child to be able to go to the child and the family gets to choose what's the best educational outcome for them. And so when we look at, we as a society have agreed that having an education system is a good thing. It's a good to have the rising generation be educated to be able to sustain this great nation. We, we pay our taxes to do that, whether our children go to school or not. But we are out to get the best educational outcomes. And if outcomes is what we're after, good educational outcomes, we know from our free market sense of what makes America America. We know that educationally, those decisions are best made at the absolute local level inside the home. What's best for that child? If you want to help the poor, the people who are stuck in dire poverty in the urban areas of this country, you will go with school choice. It's been proven. Absolutely. Wealthy people already have school choice. That's Wealthy correct. people are able to move 
to another school district. They are able to hire tutors. They can do homeschooling. They can do private schooling. It's the, the And every school choice bill that we have attempted in the state of Arkansas in the last three sessions has always been geared towards the low incomes first. We want them to have the opportunity to have the educational options that other people have. And that's, that's what true school choice is about. Well, if you want business, business comes where the taxes are right and where the education is superb. Absolutely. All right, we're going to talk more with uh, the state uh, legislature of uh, what what district number is it? District number, right now it's 38. It will be 70. It's the north part of North Little Rock, southern part, and western part of Sherwood. All right, so we're going to talk with uh, – uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got, I'm trying to keep from coughing. Or, uh, <laughs> Carlton Wing here on the Dave Ellswick Show. My uh, allergies are going crazy right now. Eastern Towing wants you to know if you get stuck on the side of the road, all you got to do is call them, and they're going to help you out. No matter the situation, the number is 501-888-8849. Again, their number, 501-888-8849. All right, we got nine minutes left, and uh, State Representative Carlton Wing is with us. It's going to be District 70, you said? Yes. All right, and he's North Little Rock, North North Little Rock, how's that one? And uh, basically Sherwood. Yes. The areas that you're yeah, west, covering. Yeah, west of 107, southern part of Sherwood as well. Okay, so that you know exactly where he's representing. And we've been talking about what's coming in 2023. I know you say, that's a long way away. It's less than a year. Yeah, yeah. February is when it'll all be revving up. And I'm telling you, it's going to be here before you even know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you understand that we're in the middle of June right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this year it's gone fast. Yeah. So let's talk about one last issue big issue right now people are talking about it again and they always do when there's a mass shooting and that's well gun control mm-hmm. all right and i asked you when we started about this now we'll get into it and let, and let you talk about it there we we know that they have a framework out now uh, this is what we want to do i'm hearing we want to spend federal money on red flag laws and states my question is, from what lexicon are you speaking from? What does that mean? Yeah. What are you saying? And to get that money, what do we got to give up? Yeah, and so what you bring up is the very important principle. Um, first off, we all agree, Republican and Democrat, we don't want somebody to be handling a gun that shouldn't be handling a gun. Yes. We all agree on that. So the problem with when you say red flag laws, uh, that in itself brings up red flags. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is, is because I have yet to see a red flag law proposal that incorporates due process. You have to have due process as part of any red flag proposal because we have seen already, look at what what COVID revealed, is the willingness of people to segregate based on ideology. And so red flag laws could be vastly misused in the hands of power that um, uh, people with ill intent, let's say. That's correct. And so that's why there's a concern about red flag laws. Red flag laws in and of themselves, just in principle, I don't think anybody has a problem with that, but it's how it's implemented and what are the details. And so due process absolutely has to be part of that. People react, you know, we talked about um, 
a little earlier in the show um, how politically uh, you know government grows because it's just politically able to do so. In times of crisis, politicians lead with emotions. Leaders lead with intellect. And we've got to be able to analyze what is exactly the problem and address exactly that problem. And too many times the emotions can get us in the way. And when people scream out, do something, do anything. No, you don't want to do anything. Especially in a highly emotionally charged decision. Yes. And that's when we need to count on our leaders to analyze the situation, apply the principles constitutionally to get the best and desired outcomes yeah i mean have you begun talking about this amongst yourselves as a republican party absolutely absolutely and you know when i look at this i feel like we've got kind of three situations that we're dealing with long-term mid-term immediate term long-term we've got an issue with mental stability fragility in our in our country mm-hmm. we've got people that uh, that don't feel like they belong we've got people that are easily angered we've got a media that manipulates and i'm going to talk about that in just a second um and in flames government can't do as much with that but government can handle the midterm and immediate term midterm we do have a mental health crisis it is an epidemic right now and we need to be able to identify folks who uh, who have mental needs and get those taken care of we have crisis stabilization units in the state of arkansas we incorporated four of them uh, in four different counties pulaski is one of them Uh, we need to be able to expand that to be able to take people with mental issues off the street not put them into the criminal system we need to get them the medicine and the the care that they need get them the help that they need and then the immediate thing that we can do is make our soft targets hard targets we need to protect our children like we protect our money like we protect our airports like we protect our courthouses we need to protect our children they are our most valuable asset all right how do you feel about teachers being allowed to be armed i think they should be allowed if they want to to be armed okay i mean we've got several school systems in arkansas do this already already. doing it we've been doing it for years yep Exactly. Lake Hamilton, yep. all of them uh, already have guns in, in, in the school system. Ed Monk, who I have on a lot of time, you probably know Ed from Last Resort Firearms, and he always says that you should have, at least in elementary schools, you should have three people per floor mm-hmm. that are armed. That way if somebody's on vacation or whatever or, or sick, you have two. If it's a high school you need them in the cafeteria and the places where the shootings are going to typically occur. I mean, he's a pretty smart cat. Yeah. Well, and you look back. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when we used to bring shotguns yep. uh, to school. <laughs> I talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the guns. It's the people. Something has happened to our society. We need to address it. And that's, that's what leaders do. Right. You know, I think – if you, if, how much time do we I'm have? I'm going to give you – got two and a half minutes. It's all okay. yours. Perfect. Well, I just wanted to – you know – People realize that the media, they need to realize that the media is designed to appeal to your emotions. And so we've got to do a good job of being able to separate what is emotional content versus intellectual content. I'm going to get biblical here for a second. Remember at the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus has been resurrected. The people who were there when it happened were the Roman centurions. Yep. And the centurions could tell something really big took place. Now, they didn't have the religious history, and they did not have the testimony to know what was taking place, but they knew it was significant and it was supernatural. So also did the Jewish leaders who Mm -hmm. paid them money to change their story. 
And then one of the most important things in the, in the Bible is where it says, and this is what is commonly reported among the Jews to this day, that is the first evidence of mass media manipulation of the facts. And so that's a bad thing. But on the good side, when my wife and I were knocking the doors in North Little Rock and Sherwood, we saw so many people with uh, the, the scripture from Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so many people, I think, in our world right now feel like we're outnumbered, outgunned, outmanned, all of those things. But there are more of us than you realize. And I thank you for this radio program to be able to get the word out and help inspire people. There are a lot of like-minded people who want what's best for our country. Yeah, always remember, you serve a big God. Yes, we do. All right, that's important to remember. Yes. All right. Carlton, it's always a pleasure. Yes, thank You're you You're one very of much. my favorite guys. I, I've got you on my list of champions on the conservative side. My number that. one conservative in the in the house uh, is, a, is a lady from up in Northwest. Arkansas. Robin Lundstrom's Robin a hero. Lundstrom, absolutely. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. Go get some rest. All right, we'll do it. All right, <laughs> let's take a break. Tomorrow, don't forget, in the 9 o'clock hour, it's going to be Doyle Webb here talking one-on-one with me on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.